You are sitting in Bat's theater. You are listening on the internet. A bright light blinds you. We are taking control. Images burned onto the inside of your eye and the inside of your mind. A woman, ah, so self-involved, she does not realize that she is, in fact, a bookcase. A mystical op shop owner hexing the clothes he sells to hipsters he hates. The untouched snack table at a meeting of Ghouls Anonymous. You are not sitting in Bat's theater. You are not listening on the internet. These are things you could only see during the witching hours. We begin where we will end, a beach. When you stand in the ocean, this beach looks out onto a village, a forgotten fishing village, where the mist and the smell of fish hang like annoying younger siblings around the ankles of the hills. Hush, do you hear that? That is the sound of a man, possibly alive, possibly dead, lying silently face down on the beach. That is the sound of his tuxedo, slowly drying as he lies half in, half out of the surf. Do you hear that? That is the sound of 50 villagers, clustered together like a pack of penguins and staring wordlessly at the man. They do not help him. They stare. Just look at them. They are a grimy, grey-haired bunch. One of them has a stick. His name is Dave. Dave would very much like to prod the body on the beach, but he isn't sure what the other villagers are thinking. He decides to count backwards from 20, and then he will definitely prod the body with the stick. Life is too short, he tells himself. You have to follow your dreams. (laughs) But there is one person missing, the one person who really should be here. Where is she? She's up on the wharf in a chip shop. Hush, do you hear that? Fuck! Fucking fish, die, you bastard! That is the sound of Miri, our gentle heroine. Miri is a teenager and the youngest person in the village by at least a trillion years. Or so it seems to her. Dead. Phew. Where is everyone anyway? Mum! Mum! Where the hell did she go? Miri, here's a bucket of living fish. I want them ready for deep frying in an hour. Mary, I've disappeared. Maybe I've died tragically and you can finally leave this hellhole without living in crushing guilt forever. Mary, a man washed up on the beach and we thought he was dead. But then Dave poked him with a stick and he was alive. And he's wearing a tuxedo and he's got this weird wand thing and he's alive. And he's here. He's right here. Bring the man some chips and a cornetto, girl. What? Oh. Hello? This is my daughter, Mary. Mary, do you want to offer our guests some food? Oh, uh, of course. Right. Are you hungry? Hungry. You know? Your stomach? Yeah, that, that's right. Your stomach. I don't know if he understood your question there, Mary. Maybe he did. No, I think he just likes drumming on his tummy. I'll, I'll get you some chips. Well, she shouldn't be too long. Now then, how are you? Drying out? 
I'll take your coat and hang it up if you like. Geez, that's a nice watch you got. May I have a look at it? I said, may I have a look at it? May I? I'm going to have a look at it. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, very nice. Very nice indeed. You don't talk too much, do you? Even when Dave poked you with a stick. (coughs) What about if I take this lovely gold watch and just pop it in my pocket here? Huh, thought so. Well, thanks very much. Consider it my payment for saving your life. It was hardly a payment, and she had hardly saved his life. But the conductor sat and smiled politely. He was looking forward to Miri coming back. She seemed nice. Soon they all had dinner together, and Miri offered to give up her bed so the conductor could sleep comfortably. That night, as she slept on the floor of her and her mother's tiny house, Miri thought she could hear the faint hum of an orchestra tuning in the swish of the waves. But of course, she had never heard an orchestra tuning, and so to her it sounded strange, foreign and frightening. She hoped that whatever it was would arrive at her village very soon. Walking stick, walking stick, taking my stick for a walk, yeah! Now then, stick, let's not get our hopes up. Yes, I just happened to bring you along the beach, and if something else interesting has washed up, so what? It'll be a happy coincidence. We're not getting our hopes up, not even slightly. Not getting our hope. What? It's a carpet. And a, a shelf? I want to say shelf. It's a pretty fancy shelf. Maybe. Well, Stick, it's been an emotional roller coaster for the both of us. Man, life. Okay, let's try again. Do you want toast? Peanut butter toast. Jam toast. Porridge? Do you just want a glass of water? <clears throat> glass of water, okay. <clears throat> Another glass. Mary, Mr. Thing, come down to the beach. Why? Just come, there's a thing, and it must belong to Mr. Thing or something. I don't know. Just come down, the both of you. So now Miri, her mother, and the conductor hurry down to the beach. Just as they did the day before, the entire village stands in a silent clump, staring at the strange beached items. Look, this carpet. It goes all the way into the sea. It looks like it goes down into the deep. All the way out to the sea. Is this yours? Did it follow you? Well, never mind how it got here. Look at it. Red velvet. We could line the shop floor with it. Think of that. Mum, leave it. It's not yours. Well, he doesn't mind. You don't mind, do you? No, it's fine. Wait. What's he doing? The conductor is walking to the podium, which is what it is, in fact, not a fancy shelf. He reaches inside his jacket and withdraws a slender conductor's baton. As he raises it, the waves rise, awaiting his instruction. Then... Well, that's an annoying sound. Why is he doing that? Can can you hear that? What? The tapping? No, listen. It's coming from down there, under the water. He's talking to someone. 
Eventually the wave breaks and the conductor sits on the sand and nothing happens for long enough that the villagers mostly go back to their days. Only Dave stays. Watch him. There he goes, wading into the water, clutching uselessly onto his stick and following the carpet's trail. He can feel that something more is coming. This time, he wants to see it arrive. He wants to see where it comes from. He wants to go there himself. He stands waiting all day. Hey. Here's your fish stick. Oh, uh, hello. Your fish stick? It's two o'clock. Mum made me bring it down to you. Thanks. What are you looking for? Dunno. Where do you think he came from? Dunno. Aren't you getting cold? Dunno. Well, this has been thrilling. But I'm going back to work. See ya. Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, bye. (sighs) Don't even like fish sticks. Who needs a fish in the shape of a stick? Just have a fish... Fish. A fish-shaped fish. A fish... Oh, it's you. Hi. (coughs) Don't say much, eh? Yeah, me too. I like your jacket. How come when you stand there and say nothing, you seem real cool, and when I say nothing, everyone thinks I'm an idiot? I should get a tuxedo like yours. (coughs) Oh, really? For me? Oh, thanks. I'll just try it on. It's comfy as. This is a serious jacket, eh? I mean, wow. Thanks. Do you think Miri will like me in this? Hey, what are you... Oh, you're heading back in? That's okay. What are we waiting for, by the way? Like, what's coming next? Yep, okay, I'll, I'll just keep a look out then. Got my stick. Jacket. Bye. Mum, where have you been? You've got to stop slacking off like this. What? Is that what I think it is? If you think it's a plush red velvet carpet that's going to go in our shop, then yes, yes it is. That's... <laughs> It's not yours. You can't just take it. Oh, he doesn't mind. I just cut off some of it, left the rest in the water. He gave Dave his jacket, you know. Yeah, right. And Nigel's got his cufflinks. Says he's going to town next weekend to sell them. How did Nigel get his cufflinks? Don't be such a bleeding heart. He's a person. These are his things. Mum, we don't know where he comes from. There could be people really worried about him. This stuff could be washing up from a shipwreck. Shipwrecks? Come on. Knew I should never have let you learn how to read. I'm going down to check on him. What am I supposed to do? Lug this carpet up the hill by myself? You'll help me carry it home to wash it. Don't worry about the man on the beach. Dave's with him. Stay in the night out there with him. But... Mariana! Okay, Mum! Right. I like standing in the waves out here. The sound of the waves mean I can talk to myself and not seem weird. Hey, there's Mary and her mum. Must be going home. Don't wave to them, don't wave to them. Oh, I waved. <laughs> and they were walking away from me. Oh, God, what's wrong with you, Dave? I don't know, Dave, shit. This is exactly where Mary was standing. Looking at the red carpet disappearing down the shelf into the deep parts of the sea. I wonder what's down there. Dave is wondering. The conductor is sitting on the sand next to his podium. He watches Dave. Dave watches the horizon. Soon, a wave comes in, way back from the edge of the world. 
It speeds forward, and when it gets to the little man standing in the water up to his throat, Dave dips his head under, and immediately a row of others emerge from the water, and Dave is gone. In his place, 50 men and women are walking out of the ocean and onto the beach. Like the conductor, they have angular faces and perfect posture, and they are all dressed in tuxedos. Only when the water is up to their cummerbunds, that is, their waists, they begin to slow down, because they are each dragging an object out of the water with them. Well, I'm not going looking for that weirdo. Mary, he's a regular customer, and he's very good at skinning possums. And he's single, and he's only very distantly related to you. Ugh, what? He is what we in New Zealand call a catch. I'm leaving now. Mum. The man. There's noises. They're here. Who? They're making sounds. Sounds like, I don't know, it's... It's beautiful. Come quickly. There's Dave down there. Forget Dave. All right, all right. Stop pulling. We're here now. Look. Who are they? I don't know. Where do they come from? I don't know. Come on, let's go talk to them. This is all getting really exciting, but where's Dave? His fish stick's getting cold and soggy. It's 2.30. Shh, mum. Excuse me. These are... These are the people you were calling, aren't they? Aren't you? Well, you're all very welcome here. We're happy to have you here. Aren't we, everyone? Yeah, why not? I was just wondering, do you remember that strange guy, the fellow with a stick? Why are you smiling? Do you know where he is? Oh, Jesus, the stick! Look! It's in the water! What the hell did you lot do to that poor boy? Say something! What did you do? Where is he? Mum? Not now, Mary. What's that in the water? You lot think you can just turn up here? This is a quiet village. There's no jobs if that's what you want. If you want to live here, you've got to pay your way. Stop bloody humming and answer me. I know you understand what I'm saying. Mum! Mary, what? Something's coming out of the water. Look! Oh, what the... This is the sound of Mary, her mother, and the entire village staring. The 51 jaws dropping. An entire section of a theatre seating block, in beautiful gilt and velvet, is rising up out of the deep and beaching itself in the sand. Obviously, the conductor's and orchestra's jaws are in their normal places. They are simply happy to see that their audience will have comfortable seating. They begin to organise themselves in preparation for a performance and fashion their own seats out of sand. It's beautiful. What... What is it? Can you speak? Or do you not need words? That's it, isn't it? You make such beautiful sounds, you don't need words. However, the other villagers looked at the seating block and the spot in the huge ocean where Dave had last been seen, and one word came very clearly into their minds. Invasion. Harry, get in the house. Mum, stop. You're hurting me. Let me stay. Hurry up, move faster. They're not going to hurt us. Mum, 
Why are we going home? Something amazing was going to happen. Shut up, girl. Mum! Just shut up here. You stay in the house until I let you out. What are you going to do? We're going to find out what happened to Dave. We're going to make them pay. Mum! Come on! This is stupid! People are so stupid. What are they so scared of? I should be there. I could talk to the people in suits. Stupid mum and the rest of the village won't even know what to ask them. Anyway, the conductor and his orchestra won't answer. So I guess they'll just have to let them make their sounds. Oh, and they'll get to sit in those seats. Those beautiful seats. Tomorrow I'll ask if they can make sounds just for me. Or no, I'll ask if they can teach me how to make the sounds. Yeah, and and I'll be like them. I'll join them. Maybe we'll go to other places too and take sound and beauty to people everywhere. I like having the house to myself. I can talk to myself without people thinking I'm a weirdo. God, how long have I been waiting now? Six hours. That's it. I'm picking the lock. Bobby Pin, let's have a check that there's no key in the keyhole. Wait, there's something outside the house. It's moving. It's getting closer. Mum, are you okay? What have you been doing all this time? Can we go down to the beach? Did you get to hear them make sounds? Was it beautiful? (sighs) Tired. You've got red on your clothes. What's in that bag? Payment. Look. Payment? (laughs) For Dave. For the village. We took payments. We've been splitting it up. Everyone in the village. What do you mean? What did you take? I'm tired, Mary. I just need to go to sleep. Tell me what you took. Oh, they could have stopped us if they didn't want us to take it. They could have said no. They didn't say no. Just just let me lie down. (laughs) What have you done? Oh, my God. The villagers had gone to great lengths to give each item a value, and then to divide up the total value so that each villager would receive an equal share. In the bag Miri's mother brought home, there was one tuxedo jacket, bow tie, and pair of pants, two gold cufflinks, two gold earrings, one gold tooth, no, two gold teeth, one necklace made from a mysterious metal. Uh, Some villagers did not want jewellery, They instead took pearl shirt buttons from the shirts that the orchestra were allowed to keep for reasons of modesty. This bag was, except for the variable of jewellery or pearl buttons, the same collection for every villager. A person's worth. Miri closed the bag. She stayed in the same place on the floor and looked at the bag. She did not sleep or even think. She just sat and looked. Then it was morning. See waking up rich. Thought I dreamed it until I saw you looking at the bag there, love. Right, what do you want for breakfast? You better head down to the beach soon. Someone had a great idea last night. Now they've paid us. They can do their show for us like they wanted to. Oh, don't make that face. 
What do you want for breakfast, Mary? Mary! Look at me, you stupid girl. What what are you crying for? Huh? I'm not letting you make me feel bad about this. They come to our village, they pay their way. Stop sniveling. I, I said stop it. Fine. No breakfast. We'll just go. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. Want to put on my new clothes first? So Miri's mother pulled her by the scruff of her neck and dragged her down to the beach where the other villagers were all wearing their new tuxedos as well. And they sat in the seats in the sea so that the orchestra could give their last payment, a musical performance. Their instruments lay on the ground like scattered corpses. Their conductor did not lead them. Is this it? Is this art? Booth! Pick up your toys and play! 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 That bloody tapping again! Hush, can you hear? That is the sound of a village of people in smart, ill-fitting, brand new clothes, looking bored, waiting to be entertained, unaware that behind them the sea is building silently, waiting for its cue from the conductor. It's the sound of a brief pause, a musical rest, when fifty pairs of eyes flick up at their village and their lives before they are swallowed up by the sea. Only Miri has tears in her eyes as she is swept away. Later, led by their conductor, the half-naked, half-toothed orchestra drag themselves from the beach. Eventually they grow strong again, and they live in the village houses. They never age, they never speak, they never touch their instruments again. But every now and then they congregate at the water's edge without quite remembering why. And so we end where we began, on a beach... A strange beach where if you stand in the ocean you can see a forgotten little fishing village. And if you close your eyes you can hear a low sad chorus rising from the water. A chorus only sung during the witching hours. That was The Conductor by Alex Lodge. Hilary Penwarden was Mary, Hannah Banks was Dave, and Hayden Frost was Mum. My name is Paul Waggon. The music is by Tane Upjohn Beetson, who's recording it right now, too. The Witching Hours was created and script-edited by Euthy Dean and is recorded at Bats Theatre. It's a production of My Accomplice. Find out what else they're up to at myaccomplice.co.nz. None of this would be possible without the support of the delightful William O'Neill. Tell your friends. Smash the system. Fly Bats home. More!